what did you go out to see? Says Jesus. Why did you go to John in the wilderness? What were you hoping for? What did you expect? Did you expect your life to be changed in an instant like that? Did you expect John to have a magic wand in his camel's hair uniform and just get it out and change everything for you? Take away everything that you didn't like, that was really hard to live with? You got more than you bargained for, Jesus is saying, really, here. You went out expecting one thing and you got something completely different. You got someone telling you you had to repent. You had to change the way in which you were living your life. Because if you didn't, then everything would still always be hard. Everything would be difficult. However much you tried to get the things you needed in life to make yourself secure and make it all okay. John basically told the people who came to see him, you have to think again. This isn't the way that God wanted you to live your life. And Isaiah is writing too to a people who are finding it very hard. They're in exile. They've been taken to Babylon. Their ways and their worshipping has been changed. Some of them are okay with that. They've gone with that. They've decided we'll worship the gods of the place we're in. We'll assimilate ourselves into the ways of life here because that will be good. That will be a good thing to do or make our lives a little bit easier. Our family will be much better if we can do that. And yet, in so doing, they realise as a community that they have lost so much and they're burdened by the fact that they don't know quite how to live their lives. Nothing really fits. Everything feels a bit too difficult and a bit too hard. Maybe we are in that place at the moment in the 21st century. Certainly everything feels very difficult and it feels all a little bit too hard. It feels very threatening and tense once again. Ruth said earlier this week at morning prayer, it feels as if that threat has come back almost sort of had a bit of a a release from it during the summer and into September and October but now things look as if they're going in a different direction again and we weren't perhaps expecting it or maybe some people were but the gear changes are quite clunky and they're giving cause for pain and worry For people in all sorts of situations, from those running businesses to those trying to get through to the end of term without the whole school going down with COVID. And so this passage from Isaiah feels very apt for our day and our age, even though it was written 
four, five thousand years ago, maybe more. It's a song of hope, a song that says to all who are finding life difficult, those who are worried, concerned, that God has not abandoned them. It might look like it, but he has not. And Isaiah picks up on the words for the women, particularly, which at this particular time of year, when we remember Mary and Elizabeth, we remember the joy of birth, of pregnancy. But when that doesn't go right, or when it's not possible, there's a huge, huge pain and desperation. And then on top of that pain and desperation that you feel as a woman who has lost a child, either through miscarriage or illness, or the child being stillborn, on top of that, there are still many societies in our world who heap shame upon women who can't have children for whatever reason or who have decided that actually they don't want to have children. Not everybody is cut out to be a parent. It's less so in our society, but there's still that pressure. You're not really a full woman until you've given birth and had children. That's still the message in our Western culture, let alone in some other countries of the world. And so when Isaiah picks up on this language, how could he or she, whoever wrote Isaiah, have known that that language would still be around so many thousands of years later, that that picture, image of a barren woman who is castigated with shame would still be something that we need to focus on to give us an image of how God takes that barrenness, takes the wilderness, if you like, and fills it, gives it life. Isaiah writes, For the children of the desolate woman will be more than the children of her that is married. For those who are in desolation today, because of whatever reason, the promises that God will bring about abundance, fulfillment. The pain will not necessarily be taken away, but will be comforted. Comfort ye my people, says Isaiah in a different passage. So he's comparing the exile of the Jewish people to a woman who is unable to have children that there's a shame about that in that particular culture, that they've been exiled, that they don't have the place and the places that they need to live and to worship. Their culture is under threat. Isaiah goes on to talk about disgrace and shame for those who are unable to have children and those who are widowed, neither of which is that particular person's 
fault, in inverted commas. But Isaiah says, for your maker is your husband. For some people, that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing. Not everybody wants a husband either. And some husbands are not good. Some people's expectations of marriage and experience of marriage is not good. So having imagery that is about wife and husband, mother and children, isn't necessarily a very good imagery. But Isaiah's talking about a husband who is somebody who supports, enables, encourages, fulfills. Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. Out of this desolation, out of this disgrace, out of the difficult times, the worry and the uncertainty for these people will come something new. Redemption. Your redemption is drawing near. God has sworn in the past that there will be no flood, no destruction, as there were in the days of Noah. And now Isaiah compares what God said at that time to what God is saying now. I have sworn not to be angry with you and will not rebuke you. I will not forget my covenant of peace. It shall not be removed. The bow in the sky was the covenant of peace that God made between himself and humanity. Compassion will come upon you. The covenant God then makes is with Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of every person's desolation and disgrace by giving grace instead, by giving love that fulfills every need of our own. And he comes as a tiny baby in a manger. But before him comes John. In our readings last week for Sunday, we had the moment where Mary meets Elizabeth and John leaps for joy in the womb of Elizabeth recognizing Jesus as his redeemer as well as our redeemer. What did you go out to see, says Jesus? You weren't expecting the messenger who goes before me. You were looking for something different. I wonder what it is that as we come to Christmas, to the baby in the manger once again. What are we looking for? What have you gone out to see this Christmas? What do you want to see this Christmas? Do you want the baby in the manger or the man, Jesus, to have a magic wand in his back, back pocket and just change everything like that? 
I would suggest that most of us probably would like that. And some people would say, it is just as easy as that. You invite Jesus into your life and then everything is tickety-boo. Except that's not my experience. It's not the experience of quite a lot of people I know. Jesus doesn't come with a magic wand in his back pocket. He does come with compassion and love and humility and the power of the Lord of hosts, the God who is creator, redeemer, and sustainer. He comes with all of those things and leads us into a place of abundance and fulfillment, however desolate and disgraceful we might feel on any given day, at any given moment, the child in the manger, the man upon the cross, holds up his hands like any baby would or child does, holds up their hands to be picked up, to be held. And as a man upon the cross holds out his hands for nails and for the love of all of us, that however desolate and disgraceful the world might seem and our lives might be, when we come to the manger, thinking that we're coming to see this tiny baby, the tiny baby is the Lord of Lord, hosts, Lord of hosts, Prince of Peace, wonderful counsellor, our Redeemer, who comforts and fills us with his love. And Jesus himself said something akin to what Isaiah writes. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. So let us pray. Holy God, as we come once more to seek the child in the manger, We ask in a moment of quiet for what we hope this Christmas. What do we expect to see? Lord God, we pray for your comfort and your compassion. For renewed hope in your message of love. Amen.